Asgard. Today we're gonna cover the new Thor Ragnarok trailer. I'm Jay. How's everybody doing? I'm Brock. And uh, let's just hop into it, dude. This trailer was honestly one of the most favorite of mine. That sentence didn't make any sense. Y'all know what I mean. It's probably one of my most favorite trailers of all time from Marvel. Uh, besides, like the latest Guardians of the Galaxy two trailer. Uh, what are your first thoughts on it, Brock? Honestly, it really has that uh, fun Guardians of the Galaxy vibe to me with the music, but the tone of this is seems completely different. But uh, I think it looks really good. Super excited. I think this is the first Thor movie I've legitimately been excited for. Not like, oh, I'm going to see Thor on the big screen. It's like, damn, this movie looks fucking wonderful. Dude, I never really gave a shit about the Thor movies before this. Uh, Same. <laughs> they looked really, really cool. I just was not a fan of them story-wise. Uh, real thought, forgettable villains. For real, dude. Like, Malekith, you had fucking... What was his name? Chris, uh... Or Christopher... He played one of the doctors from Doctor Who. Um, mm, I don't watch Doctor Who. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> his name, though. Uh, But yeah, he was the second movie villain. Um, But honestly, yeah, dude, this has, like, a cool... I don't even know how to describe it, but it feels like almost an 80s movie, but it's not. Uh... But it's just this weird amalgamation of, like, Led Zeppelin and cool-ass bright colors, like, neon as fuck. And, like, you see fucking certain people in the trailer that we'll mention later, and you're like, yo, this is all just a throwback to, like, late 80s, early 90s, especially with the logo and shit and all the things that, all the words that come out of the screen. It's it's funny that you reminded me of that, because it, like, to me, it kind of plays like if you took... Uh, Mad Max, the third Mad Max, and brought it into like oh, a, a colorful world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it's just a very, very bright looking world. It's uh, it's an upgrade from what other Marvel outings have been, and I really feel like they're killing it with Phase Three, um, especially just color wise, because that's been one of the biggest complaints of Marvel from the beginning. Is just, dude, like. When it comes to actually what's on the screen, dude, their color grading, their, like, contrasting, their brightness, just everything about their images just literally looked like they took stock footage of whatever they filmed and didn't do, like, any, like, image editing to it almost. But, dude, this and Guardians have color popping everywhere, dude. It's funny you say that, because with Avengers uh, Age of Ultron, the first thing that hit me, and I couldn't tell if it was because my first viewing was in 3D or not, but, like, the whole beginning scene just seemed really washed out with the action. Like, it was hard to really distinguish what was what. And, I mean, I know a lot of it was because it was a wintry location, but you get that, uh, you gotta you gotta have that right palette where things are popping, and they didn't have that. Like, I remember Cap was kind of blending into the fact that the whole thing was blue-washed, and, and so was Thor, and which really wouldn't make sense because he has a red cape and everything. I think that was the only thing that did kind of stand out, but it was almost like there was a whole, like a filter over the movie the whole time. Like, you know, like when you're watching Mad Max, uh, Fury Road, everything, you know, has a yellowish, uh, orange filter to it. It makes, it makes those colors pop more. I feel like they were doing that with like some icy gray blues. And now with this, it's like you're saying, like everything's popping at once. It's very vibrant. I thought that opening scene was brilliant, but it was really hard, especially when you first saw it in 3D, dude. 
like with things moving so fast and there's like no real because you can tell like Thor and shit is CGI but there's no real distinction when you're watching it so it all just looks like a giant motion blur almost if you're seeing it in 3D and even if you're watching it on 2D it's uh not that much better actually because there's a lot of fast movement and uh just like I said dude the shadows are what kind of help push the lighter things to the front and they just don't have a lot of shadow and a lot of their stuff but uh, like we both just said, dude, this shit changes the motherfucking game. Like, I am so excited for this movie because of this. Um, But let's, do you want to go through it just, you know, part by part, just uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, maybe, or people who have, we can kind of give them our thoughts on it going down the list. Yeah, I think we should just uh, discuss it. Everybody's going to have seen this trailer that's interested in our podcast by the time that this is out very very true all right so we'll throw out a little quick spoiler alert or yeah spoiler alert sorry i've been drinking a little uh spoiler alert we're gonna talk about a trailer that uh doesn't really spoil anything so yeah here we go so the trailer kind of opens with thor rumbling down some chain thing like i imagine it hurts really bad when you get to the end and all the chains cinch up again and just grab you in your ribs or something but uh to me it looks like he's in hell probably hell is like home turf you know um and then if you look at it like all the demons making up the pillars and shit are all like like demon heads that come alive and shit once it gets down there it just looks super creepy dude honestly with the whole chain scene if i wouldn't have seen thor as the giant banner for the video like the description I would have no shit thought that I was, like, watching a Pitch Black Riddick sequel, like a trailer for Holy that. Holy shit. Oh I don't know if God. you remember that, but they emphasized that there was, like, a five-minute scene of him climbing and rolling down a chain like that. No, I I think I saw one of the old movies in theaters when I was a kid, but I wasn't paying attention. Those movies are really good. Go watch them. <laughs> I will. Shout out Vin Diesel. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe voices group. One, but but <laughs> <laughs> back to the movie. I think All that right. uh, actually Hell's not something that registered in my head, which I know that doesn't make sense because I was just trying to, you know, grasp how he was getting from there to point B that he shows up at later that we can discuss with the arena and everything. Yeah, see, I think this scene's happening, or this scene happens right after the scene that comes after it in the trailer. Because what happens next is that you see a scene of him, um, and it's obviously before he gets banished. Uh, well, no. Well, he still has his long hair, so if y'all don't know, he gets his hair cut. And that's how you can kind of tell in the trailer where parts are or not. But one of the next things you see is Hela walking out of a portal. And then you see Thor in what looks to be the streets of New York throwing his hammer. And then she fucking catches it and destroys it. So, it looks like he gets that destroyed, really has nothing to go up against her. She sends him to hell, wraps him in those chains so he can't get out. And voila, the scenes make sense, but they played him backwards because Marvel loves to fuck with us. Okay, that's true, yeah. So, why would she let him... Uh, how's he gonna get out of hell? Like, is she letting him do that? What, like, what um, are you on that? Oh, I'm pretty sure... Like, I mean, I don't expect her to be respectful at all, but it's just kind of like, uh, you know, you're nothing without your hammer anyways, because, like, he really isn't shit without his hammer. And so, she's just kind of like, destroyed that, I'll send you off to the edges of space, because maybe, I don't know, she respects Loki, and Loki's like, I don't want you to kill him? I don't know. Um, well, there's some circumstances. So, very true. <laughs> Something <laughs> but that I mean, won't dive into at all in this movie. Well, Odin is the original person who banished her 
to hell or whatever and didn't let her get back out. But now since he's been out of power and Loki's been taken over, uh, supposedly he isn't doing too well of a job of it. And she just prances her way back into the scene. Um, and then the next shot is uh, what is one of my most favorite shots in the trailer. It is Hela in full headgear from yes. the comics. <laughs> Dude, she has on like like deep black lipstick and like her face is pale ass white and like the headgear looks like it's like fucking six feet wide like and the rumors i've heard from everything is that they're going she's going to be able to like control the headgear almost like um my guesses are like maybe be able to like shoot knives or maybe like beams of energy or something out of it you know like just make it some sort of weapon that she isn't just like grabbing like a piece of it, breaking it off and stabbing someone with it. Like make it be able to like almost like Medusa style. Like each one has its own personality and is trying to do something. I hadn't actually, you know, I actually haven't heard any really rumors about it. I don't know if I've just haven't been looking in the right places. That That's probably a lot of it, but uh, I haven't seen much concerning Thor Ragnarok. I just, I mean, I'm going off of all the shit I've seen on, like, Reddit and stuff. I don't even know if I've read any, like, official word on what I just said. Maybe I have. I just know I've had that thought in my head for a while, and I was really excited on it. So, I don't know if it's official or not. Take it with a grain of salt. But, um, because of CGI, why the fuck wouldn't they do that, you know? Uh, and the next shot we're gonna go is Hela standing against the entire army of Asgard. It's a sick That's ass true. like <laughs> panning shot of her standing in front of a whole army with like uh, Odin's castle in the background and shit. And um, then it automatically flashes to Asgard being fucking leveled by some giant explosion that I'm assuming comes from her. But my other theory is is that this scene is actually from the end of the movie when Rex. supposedly Sir the Fire Demon comes. And my guess is is that he could just do some super powerful attack, like kick the castle really hard, and it just fucking destroys the whole city with a giant fireball. Uh, but who actually knows? But, but Thor had long hair in that scene with the fire. Wait, does it... Unless that's part of a different scene. Wait, does it show him in the fire with long hair? Yeah. I totally mm-hmm. missed that. Holy shit. Um, but like I said, that could have happened elsewhere in the... Very true. Like, that could be separate from the fire in Asgard, even though the trailer's implying that it is. But we've had very misleading things from Marvel before. That's why it's, you know, it's it's hard to really understand how they're cutting these trailers, you know, because it doesn't seem like they do these chronologically. Uh, I say that speaking about Disney Marvel because the Sony Marvel Spider-Man trailer, completely different. Yeah, it was, uh, I applaud, or I guess, I mean, Marvel's had this plan for a while, but at least they made up for that last Spider-Man trailer. You'll definitely hear our thoughts on that if this comes out before or after the other new episode, because it's just a quick episode just about the Thor trailer, but, uh, you'll hear our thoughts on that, and just to say the least, I'm very disappointed in it, um, but this is definitely a redeeming, um, a redeeming uh, video, dude. Like, it it blew this, my socks off. Like, I, I can't stop saying great things about this trailer. Yeah, uh, well, when you say redeeming, I mean, because Sony Marvel, I mean, who cut that trailer? It would be Sony Marvel that cut the Spider-Man trailer. No, nah, it's still Marvel because they have full creative control from what I understand. 
So it would be all the... Yeah, but creative control versus promotional? Yeah, no, that, that, that's everything. Mar- like, Sony literally just has, like, merchandising rights, film rights to acquire some money off of, but pretty much everything actually dealing with the Spider-Man story is handled by Marvel Studios. Okay. Which doesn't make sense why they fucking made that trailer, because it was like, dude, y'all have treasured us as fans for years, why are you gonna fucking do that to us? But, again... Uh, it's just a small misstep in Marvel's ultimate plan, because now we have this, my mind's completely off Spider-Man, and now I'm, all I'm thinking about is Thor, before <laughs> Guardians comes out, unless... So now the waiting game's gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna... Oh my god, it is that soon, isn't it? What, dude, that's like three weeks or what? How long is that? No, it's not May. What is in May? No, it's in three May. weeks. No. Holy shit. I am very excited for this movie. I also didn't realize it came out in three weeks. Uh, found that out as it came out of my mouth because I did the math while he was saying it. So I'm also very excited. Because it's what? It's May 7th? Uh, no, it's May 5th. Oh my God. But How does that happen? But I will be seeing it May 4th because <laughs> uh, it's premiere night or whatever. I will be too, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do those. For comic book movies, I do the Thursday. Oh yeah, so hopefully my plan is is that either we can get on for Friday night or maybe Saturday morning for a review. We'll have that out ASAP to y'all because I really want to have that out early. That's an important Yeah, because this is, this is pretty much, I mean, I guess we kind of started this in lieu of Logan. But now that we've actually kind of established ourselves, we got a good show going. want to get y'all out a very, very, very good uh, Guardians review. Um, well, hopefully if we can figure it out, maybe have two extra guests and maybe make this like a fucking roundtable superstar event of uh, your favorite movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so we're going to get back to it. Um, the next scene that happened in the trailer is Thor just falling out of the sky, falls onto Sakaar, which is all junked out and shit. Kind of looks like the first planet from The Force Awakens, but with a lot more junk. Um, and pretty much, little alien lady steps out of the way, shoots him with this electrified net. He gets captured because, of course, he doesn't really have any powers now. So he has no way to fight it. Ends up being Valkyrie, and she uh, starts dragging him back to some little place. How you feeling about it? I really like the costume design on Sakaar, but it reminded me of the, and I cannot think of their name, Star Wars The Dust. Oh, uh, Jabberwocky? No, not Jabberwocky's. Um, no, the, the Dust, the Dune. Dune, what are they called? Uh, t- is it Tusken Raiders? That might be it. I just thought it was like the dunes. I don't know why we're both f- fucking this up right fucking now. Fucking fumbling. Everyone, right. please forgive us. We are literally fucking up Star Wars history. I think it's Tusken <laughs> Raiders. If it's not, let us know. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you an apology message because you're smarter than we are. Um, but... Yeah, Sakaar, it definitely, uh, that whole place, like all the buildings you see later in the trailer, definitely give me a very, very Cantina vibe, which of course, any, any, any movie nowadays who has a fucking outlaw type base on some desert planet in an alien movie is going to be compared to the Cantina, you know, all of most easily. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I mean, it definitely feels very original, like all the colors are way different, way different palettes of you know, colors than Star Wars was. So definitely a new feel, but I but I really love that there are a lot of, like, actual physical aliens, it looked like, and people just in, like, weird, like, you know, physical special effects suits. So it looked really cool to me. I'm very pumped on that aspect of it. You were right, by the way. They are the Tusken Raiders. That's, that is the word on the street. All right, y'all, so J1 Brock Zero, let's <laughs> do the Battle of the Facts tonight. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to win on this one. 
I'm just gonna fuck up everything. <laughs> Alright, so we're moving on. Um, one of the coolest things I thought, though, was the shot that comes after that, which is actually Valkyrie on what I think is a Pegasus. I don't know too much history on the Valkyries, but um, it looked like a Pegasus, just a horse with wings. She's flying through the sky. It looks like multiple of them are around her because the Valkyrie are actually a like whole squadron of women fighters. And uh, and then what happens afterwards is Hela throws her sword, and then it's fucking Valkyrie. Um, I don't know what to call her. I guess they're all Valkyries, but she's also just called Valkyrie. Um, unless they actually give her a name in the movie, but it looks like she's like falling through like zero gravity, so she's like falling, but nothing's moving around her. Looks super crazy. So I'm assuming that's actually the fall of the Valkyries, which I don't quite know the storyline. I've heard about it though. Um, sorry, I couldn't give you all more information, but then again, you can always go research it, find the book it's in, read it yourself, because it's better than me spoiling it for you. Um, wait, wait, was, was that Zero Gravity, or was, I thought the scene was just slow-mo. I mean, it, it, it might be slow-mo, but for the amount that she, like, moved her arms and shit, it didn't really look like she had fell all that much that I could tell. Then again, the scene's only all of, like, two and a half seconds, three seconds long. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. Um, but, I mean, I assume Hell would be able to stop time and that kind of stuff, or maybe, like, slow down gravity, some kind of that shit, because she destroyed Mjolnir like it was nothing, so I'm pretty sure she has some extraterrestrial, supernatural fucking super abilities. I don't know what to call them. Um, and then the one after that is Thor getting dragged through the Grandmaster's headquarters, getting uh, strapped up to get the old noggin shaved, get those sweet, luscious locks, old chopped off yeah that that's more upsetting to me than anything else in this movie like they can kill everybody in nascar just let him keep his hair but beautiful but see like chris (laughs) hemsworth chris hemsworth in real life doesn't have long hair so like to me it always looked like he was wearing a wig and shit i mean granted he might have grown his hair out naturally for it but like i always thought he looked weird with long hair so i feel like chris hemsworth as an individual looks better with short hair so i'm kind of like digging the whole change to it because he's had long hair the whole entire time in the mcu so far but it was beautiful, man. But uh, sometimes your heroes have to lose uh, something important, you know? Maybe that's hair for him. Yeah, it's like that Samson uh, story in the Bible. <laughs> oh, that's what happened. The scene with him in the fire is from the end. He grows his hair back, and that's how he gets all his strength back. That's how it worked in the Bible, right? I mean... And something like that. They're pulling influence here. I mean, I guess I can see how his hair would be his power, but that's like... I mean, they are playing Led Zeppelin, so fuck it. I mean... Anything could happen. He just has to play sweet licks on fucking Mjolnir, and then everything is okay again. I've seen this in a movie called Tenacious D. (laughs) Wow, dude. Is this just a remake? (laughs) Holy shit. Alright, so, um, what happens next is Grandmaster is asking, asking Valkyrie, like, so who do we have? And she's like, a contender. I think that's how it goes. I don't know, didn't write down the exact quote, because you've already watched it, so you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, he's just asking her about him, and then, uh, it kind of flashes over to Heimdall, slashing some demon-looking thing in half, and I'm like, my boy Idris Elba, looking sick, he's got the long hair now, granted he might have had that before, but I think he was always wearing a helmet, so he didn't know, but, uh, it's just cool to see Heimdall, like, you know, out on his own, not, you know, like, 
not guarding Asgard, so he's out, like, fighting and shit, being, like, a cool-ass warrior. And so, I don't know what's actually happening in the scene, but it looks awesome. Yeah, he looks awesome, man. <laughs> um, I mean, Idris Elba always looks awesome, so that's not really a surprise here. Such a superb actor, I do have to say. Um, I feel like this is a good place, since we're talking about Heimdall, to ask a question. Okay. Or should I save it? Um, I would say save it. Okay, okay. Let's just get through the trailer and everything. Um, and then the next scene that happens is Scourge, which is played by Carl Urban. He is shooting his guns, which I do not... I have not read the storyline, but I have heard about Scourge's last stand. Or Scourge. It's either Scourge or Scourge. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, it's his last stand, which is where he, like, turns against... I believe it's Hela... And defends Asgard from getting destroyed. And in the comic books, there's a scene where he's holding, like, two machine guns like that and killing a bunch of people. And so, um, since I feel like this is more a one-movie role for him, it would really be cool to see him come in, you know, being a henchman of Hela and shit, fucking shit up. And then by the end of the movie, he's, you know, helping them save it, at least what's left of Asgard, maybe. And, you know, they're giving some homage to that original storyline. Um, and then there's the next scene is going to be Hella flipping over some dudes in her full headgear, looking awesome. Like a badass, yes. Um, and it looks like it's gonna be right after the scene of, of her confronting them, where she's like just stepped out of the portal, no headgear, just like ripped black clothing. But it looks like what I'm assuming is that she can just summon her headdress to her or something like that because this looks like she's flipping over them right after she talks to them so it's like boom she morphs then just starts fighting out of nowhere it's a big ass battle and i'm assuming that's either going to come at the beginning of the movie right after she kidnapped thor or that is the third act which i'm hoping that it's not and so that they didn't actually show us any of the third act in this trailer yeah Cause and then right after that, we get more influence of this, like, you know, comebacky art style that they're going with with the helmets. Dude, oh, one of my most favorite things. Fucking, you see Loki walking up, and he has, like, as close to the classic helmet as you can get for him with the horns coming up and the things coming all the way down his face like sideburns. Dude, that shit had me squealing like a fucking pig. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> that's so cool. And then I don't quite know... um what his daggers are. I don't know if they're actually some of his weapons from the comics or some, uh, you know, important artifact at all. If y'all do know, let us know. I couldn't really find anything about it when I searched it. Um, but they look like they're glowing blue or something, which would make me think they might be made of Uru, which is the same metal that Mjolnir and all the kind of Asgardian weapons are made out of. Or not all the Asgardian weapons, like Mjolnir and those really strong, powerful weapons. Ones with names, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what weapons with names are made out of this metal? Um, and then, all right, we are coming to the end of the trailer. It's a good 20-second thing, but we're just going to kind of sum it up with Arena Battle, Thor, and the Incredible Hulk. Fucking like, A. <laughs> like, who would have thought in a million years, actually, not. Nah, I'll give it 10 years ago, when the Incredible Hulk came out, that you were going to watch him on an alien planet dressed in gladiatorial gear fight against Hulk with a sword and shield in front of Loki the Grandmaster and a bunch of aliens. Like, who the fuck thought of that? That's so great, and it looks so great, and it's just aesthetically pleasing to everything, because you're finally seeing, like, two heroes fucking 
get it on, dude. Like, fucking yeah, fans fight. have been asking for a Planet Hulk movie for... And obviously they're not going to get a full one, but, you know, this is as close as they're getting. And I'm, per- I'm I don't know anybody that's disappointed by it, for sure. I don't know why you could be. Dude, everyone I keep talking to at work and shit is just like, oh my god, dude, like, it's just like Planet Hulk and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, dude, because, like, well, one of the things, if people don't know, is that individual solo Hulk movie rights are actually owned by Universal because they still own that movie right. They don't own the movie right to him, like, being in, like, you know ensemble movies i believe um but just it would take a lot of legislation to actually get a solo hulk movie made so like i mean i guess they brainstormed a lot found the perfect way to you know combine the two elements and what they put out looks fucking amazing dude absolutely i mean i remember reading rumors about it right after he got shut off from you know, escaping Earth and whatnot with the Ultron that everybody was like, when's Planet Hulk? When's Planet Hulk? And it's like, well, this is how you get in it, man. And I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, dude, it's like a, uh, what did Ultron come out two years ago? So it's like a good two and a half year payoff, I think, you know, because people were all at first like, oh my God, what are they going to do? They need to announce it, blah, 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 blah. And you heard about Thor and stuff, and then you heard about Hulk, and it's like, if y'all just give it a chance, they'll do what you want them to, and that's what I love about Marvel, is that, you know, they're starting to do what we want them to, and, I mean, that may sound cocky as a fan, but I've given them a lot of money over the last 10 years, so <laughs> I would really like to see, you know, my opinion I'd, be, uh... I'd like to see how much money I've given to Marvel. Just Disney as a whole, with, like, not only Disney's movies, but Star Wars. Star Wars alone, I spent... Over a hundred bucks because I went to the movie so many times to see The Force Awakens. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. I saw that and then I saw Rogue One, I think like three times, which by the way, I just got Rogue One on Blu-ray today. Can't wait to watch the special features. Um and I'm probably talk about that on the next podcast, even though it won't be a review, just uh be a refresher because I haven't seen it in about four months. And um supposedly this weekend we're getting our first our first The Last Jedi trailer. So that'll be really cool because Star Wars Celebration happens this weekend. It does happen this weekend, but I don't see why they don't just sit on it until May the 4th. It's like, because it's just a trailer. If it was like the movie release, I'd be like, yo, give me that shit right now. But with the trailer, I feel like that that's like the one thing you can make May the 4th. Uh, but also, really, you got to really think special. about it. With the last Jedi coming out and like marketing and all that happening, like, uh, that's true. this might be like the only time they could get the schedules to match up for all those different people. So, this yeah, might be the only if time. not, it would get drowned out. Well, I don't know, but if you if you release it May 4th, then you could, sorry, you could attach it to every Guardians of the Galaxy viewing because you know that that shit's gonna. I mean, I'm sure if it released with Star Wars Celebration, it's yeah. still gonna be pinned on the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I don't know, that's just a ball. Uh, I feel you, but one of the, um, craziest things from all that is that they have Hayden Christensen coming for it which from what I understand he hasn't done like anything publicly in years and years since Revenge of the Sith came out so that's prompted a couple people to suspect that hey this might mean he's getting back to being part of the franchise and who knows maybe he'll fucking show up as maybe the Han Solo movie takes place before like uh, Return of the Jedi or something, and I don't know. That would still be Darth Vader. So oh, Han Solo, it'd be way before Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah, I'm getting totally confused. My bad. It'd be yeah, it'd be like after Revenge of the Sith or around the time. Yeah, Maybe so a little after. Yeah, so you could still have him as Anakin show up, which would be crazy. But then also, if they maybe they make like a 
Jango Fett movie or something, and, like, Anakin's really part of that? Like, who the fuck knows, dude? Like, I mean, granted, him showing up means nothing because he is a star of three of the films prior, so it could just be, you know, him coming out, but it's yeah. it's always cool to, cool to speculate on these things because I feel like they really know what they're doing and they don't aren't just going to, you know, bring back someone like this that everyone knows hasn't done, you know, a lot because he's made that a thing of his. You know, it it just feels like a lot of things are falling into place really easily with this whole celebration. People can say what they want. I liked Hayden Christensen as Anakin, uh, only because, you know, the biggest complaint is, yeah, he was a whiny teenager, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, he acted that role really well. Like, he wasn't, like, not deserving mm-hmm. of an Oscar, but, you know, I kind of hated him because he was a whiny little bitch sometimes. And oh, yeah. that's pretty much how teenagers are. So I don't really see, like... I don't. I don't get all the bad flack for towards them. But then I've seen some of his other movies, and they're pretty awful. So maybe it's just like my Star Wars bias because I really do love Revenge of the Sith. So I kind of want to like, you know, I don't want people crashing on that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely been one of my favorites. Uh, not one of my favorites. Why did I just say that? Um, I was reading something while I said that sentence. but i definitely enjoyed him in his movies and everything and revenge of the sith is still one of my favorite ps2 games of all time so dude fuck yeah Uh, but back to the topic at hand because kind of star wars will do that to you Uh, (laughs) with thor ragnarok do you think hella is gonna be like a one-off villain like a Malachi or whatever his name is, or do you think she's going to be like an overarching, reoccurring character throughout the rest of the series? My first initial thoughts were that uh, she is going to be a very overarching villain because if you think about it, Midgard is Earth and everything, so that's the plane of existence that Earth exists on, and she is literally the ruler of Hell, which is the bottom of the Nine Realms. So for her to be a leader over an entire realm, she is way more fucking powerful than pretty much anyone in our universe. And so um, you don't just introduce a villain that big and then just let her fall to one movie, especially when you have something like Infinity War coming up, which I think is a very uh, important part of her being introduced in this movie and being this such a big bad in a movie right before that. Um, one of the other things going kind of with how powerful she is is that my feelings are are that she is um probably going to become a power couple hopefully with our big purple boy Thanos because if you have read Infinity Gauntlet uh spoiler warning he kind of falls in love with death as he always has been in the comics and he wants to prove his love to her and so at one point he snaps his fingers with the Infinity Gauntlet on kind of kills off half of the entire universe. And so I think one of the smarter things that they can do is actually subplant her for death because otherwise you're going to be setting up a whole other character in Infinity War. You're going to have to actually explain who death is, you know, the living embodiment of death. If you want to keep this movie easy enough for people to see, you know you aren't going to be like, this is living personification of death. It's not the Grim Reaper. She just represents death in a humanly humanly manner. So, you know, just make it easier to put the leader of hell, you know, what they establish as the closest thing to what people understand as a Christian hell. You put her as the, you know, object of uh, Thanos' desire. And that makes it really easy for a transition. Also makes it cool because you're like, I know this character. I'm very excited for this character. I thought it was good. And then you're going to see her with fucking um, 
Thanos, and it's just going to do, like I said, it's it's going to be a power couple, so I definitely think she's here to stay. And even if she doesn't do that, she can even just be a fucking henchman of his advancing army in Infinity War, and that's a whole nother, like, whole team type villain. Like, she could take on all of them at once if she can fucking crush Thor like a bug, you know? Because he's one of the most powerful people on the entire Avengers team. No one else will stand a chance. But uh, with all the rumors about, you know, the Thanos quest being developed for uh, Infinity War and everything, do you think that this will be the movie, like where Heimdall's, we we find out, you know, it's revealed that Heimdall's eyes are an Infinity Stone, and do you think that this is going to help build into Infinity War, you know, with him getting his eyes ripped out, or do you think that's something they're going to carry on through the other movies? Uh, I definitely think they're going to do that, because for one, they need to actually start Thanos' acquisition of the Infinity Stones. I mean, um, we got, well, between now and then, we got four movies before Infinity War, but when that actually happens, you have, you have Thor, Black Panther, who is, that's Black Panther story. It's not going to set yeah. up a whole bunch of cosmic shit. And then Infinity War, which granted Infinity War is going to hopefully start out like the comics did and just like so that's shoot three, that's to all kind of different three movies locations. Between then Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, and Black Panther? Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's going to have anything to do with Thanos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but like, you know, and we talked about this on the other episode, you know, are they going to start building a lot of Thanos' uh, quest or whatever through the use of their uh, post-credit stingers, you know? Like, is it going to have a recurring role instead of being, like, you know, some of these one-off shots or, like, teasing for, you know, just uh, different upcoming movies? Is it going to be unified, like, have a cohesive theme and that's how they kind of build into the Thanos story so that he's not this so they don't have to you know run through the whole uh, villain development and how he got to where he is with one movie yeah my theory is is that he is going to actually hopefully show up in the end of Thor to claim Heimdall Heimdall's eyes or his sword or maybe his headpiece whatever actually contains the stone that he has because he does have the ability to see everyone in the universe at once so you got to think you don't just have that power, you know, that's a very uh, uh, superficial power. So it would probably come from an Infinity Stone. So I assume he'll get that somehow. And then I'm I'm hoping that the post credit scene is maybe like him heading towards Xandar or maybe even arriving on Xandar because they have the, uh, you know, the, I know, did Peter Quill keep the stone? No, he gave it to Novacor, I'm pretty sure. Um, so they have the power stone or whatever that he had. And so, you know, that's a good setup to that. And then you only have to open Infinity War with him getting that. And then pretty much heading to Earth. Because I think everything else is on Earth. Besides um, the uh, one that probably Heimdall has and the Power Stone. Because, well, no, because the Aether was given to the Collector at the end of Thor 2. So, he has that one still. So, damn, that means um, Thanos is also going to go to him. So, that'll be really interesting to see, too. I didn't even think And it's for, that. like, a transitioning point. Uh, you know, how what's this movie going to mean for the MCU? Because, you know, you're going from this, you know, celestial, godlike realms, uh, dealing with, you know, Thanos characters that are acquainted with Thanos, uh, dealing with literally, like, gods and demigods. And you got the Guardians, which is a lot more cosmic. And then you're throwing in an Avenger that's going to be related to all of this in the grand scheme. And it seems like it's going to be a much more grounded, you know, down, obviously down to earth. Ha <laughs> ha, get it. It's going to be a lot more, you know, down to earth, more like of a royal feud and a civil war. So I, 
You know, it just seems weird that it almost seems like these things aren't going to, in chronological order, they won't mesh well together. Just the tone, having Guardians and Thor back-to-back, and then coming in with, uh, oh, never mind, I keep forgetting Spider-Man, because my brain has that as Sony. Never mind, that would alternate then. So it'd be like Cosmic Grounded, Cosmic Grounded, and then Infinity War, which is going to be a big fucking amalgamation of everything. And then Captain Marvel after that, which will also be... No, wait, Ant-Man and the Wasp after that, and then Captain Marvel. So yeah, it still goes in, like, grounded cosmic. So yeah, but to answer your question, its connection to the MCU, I feel like this is uh, this is really the setting off... Well, I guess Guardians would be more the setting off point, but this is more so the setting off point into, like, setting up more of the story, because this, you know, Thor left Age of Ultron, his whole main point of being in that movie was set up the infinity stones so you're really gonna have to incorporate those into his story which automatically means they'll be part of the infinity war story because they're part of the infinity gauntlet so i think this is uh really springing the whole entire storyline uh forward because guardians is going to focus more on peter quill ego the whole family thing it's not gonna james gunn has already said it doesn't really focus that much on setting up everything so um Really, it's 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 all pretty much up to Thor to really, you know, carry the weight and set all this up. And from this trailer, I got to honestly say I give it a 9.9 out of 10. And I think this is a step in the right direction for the Thor franchise. And I also think this is a very awesome uh, springboard um, experience for the MCU in general to really embrace the crazy comic or the crazy cosmic um, elements that Marvel has had, you know, for years and years. And this is a huge Steve Ditko, you know, worship throughout it. You can see in the art. So my, my final thoughts on everything is just, uh, this trailer is one of the best to come out of Marvel ever. It's definitely got my attention. I am insanely excited and I could possibly say that this might be my favorite comic book movie of the year, even with Justice League coming out. It's funny that you knew I was going to ask you that because I was going to ask the dumbest question ever and say, judging off this trailer, is this going to be the best comic book movie this year? But you kind of beat me to the punch. Dude, I I honestly think it is because Guardians is going to be a um, fantastic movie. It's, It's James Gunn, one of my favorite directors. It's it's gonna kill it, but really, this Thor movie is, uh, the MCU's chance to really be quirky and really do some of the weirdest shit we've never seen that even Guardians wouldn't touch because that has a definite storyline it needs to stay to. But this Thor movie, I feel like, is just open, and they just had all the creative freedom they wanted to just do whatever they wanted, and so we're finally starting to see like what comes of it when you really have fans input and really have people. Well, I mean, you've always had people working on the movies that loved it, but you really have fan input and um, fans have garnered for this to happen. They've garnered for, you know, a, a planet Hulk movie. So like they, they did their best to really do what they could to give us what we wanted. And uh, I just got to say thank you to Marvel studios, dude. They're, uh, they're killing it right now in the game. They're the best <laughs> out there. Absolutely. And uh, to wrap this up, since we touched on Star Wars earlier, this is just a little uh, notification that the Battlefront 2 trailer, the new game trailer, has leaked. So you can go check that out. I actually hated the first one just because they stripped so much, but this one's supposed to be a big improvement, so I'm going to watch that immediately. Yep, I'm about to, too, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit next week. Fuck yeah, that's so great thank you all for listening. And uh, I still am trying to think of a sick uh, tag-off line for this show. I haven't. If y'all have anything you think is cool, send it, a, send it our way. 
I'll give you a shout out, and then we'll have something actually cool to say at the end of the show. Red Five signing off, <laughs> which was just me Holy signing shit. off. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so this is mine. J. Kane out.